Action Park Media. Good morning, everybody. Today on the podcast, I have Ryan, and wow, we cover some pretty amazing topics. We talk about um, purifying your energy. We talk about how bright lights attract bugs, basically talking about tall poppy syndrome, Um, how we embrace our purpose as well, and yeah, choosing the thoughts that we want to hang out with. I loved this chat so much, and I know you will too. This is Pretty Depressed with Ryan. Welcome and thank you for having me on the on the show. So, do I sound okay? Can you hear me okay? You sound fantastic. Right. I actually feel really shit because I think you sound great. You have a full on <laughs> mic and a backdrop, and I'm here next to my bed with a cat. So, <laughs> no, that's the best way to do it. It's it's uh, keeping it simple and authentic. So, Unseen Alliance. The way I look at it is. There's a lot of weirdness happening in the world right now. There's a lot of complex emotions people are having to face. For instance, today we're talking about depression, which is grief, which is such a complex, complex, complex energy. Um, and it's it resides beneath fear, right? And so what I've come to appreciate is there is this very formidable presence that is helping the whole of humanity. There's lots of ways to describe being a lots of religious connotations. Let's, I'm more of a mystic than I am bound to any sort of religious point of view, though. I keep a strong kinship with Brother Yeshua and the Redeemer archetype. And so the idea of the Unseen Alliance is that a lot of us have, for whatever reason, come here and we have taken on some of us a bit more than our fair share um, earth angels, incarnated healers, all these different words we try and describe. It's almost like we're highly advanced souls who chose to come in and kind of sponge up a little bit extra. But let's be honest, at a certain point, it gets tiresome, right? You just don't want to feel like cramp all the time. And so the idea of the Unseen Alliance is that divine timing and synchronicity belongs to the creator. It can't be stopped. It can't be bypassed. It can't be hindered. And frankly, time itself works for the creator, right? The the divine component of this. And so when you look at even this talk happening today, happening today, the irony of it is funny is my partner just left to go across the country and for the next 30 days, I'll be by myself. And I was feeling so much sadness and grief this morning, right before I have a call about this topic matter, I just had to laugh about the synchronicities therein. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Because you know, best practice what you preach, right? Uh huh. Yes. Yes. And, and so, yeah. Hope that answers the the query to this extent. That does answer my question. And you can speak to this as much or as little as you want. Have you um ever experienced yourself any seasons or any depression or? Oh yeah. Oh, we uh, we all have. Everybody has. Anybody who says otherwise is just not being honest with themselves or with anybody else. Mm. Uh, and there's different levels of depth to it, right? So yeah. I've experienced some extreme depths because a lot of my nature is very Scorpio, right? So deep, deep, dark secrets. And I've, ex- I've gone some places that were not fun to go and visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one thing I've noticed too is that within, within the sort of tribe of souls, like the, those of us who have a kinship with divine order, all the different words when he's described it, we have a natural buoyancy too. Like there's an aspect of us that somehow says, no, this is going to cease. The trick is though, when we have ourselves bogged down, 
by, because I'm very empathic. So a lot of the depression I've experienced has been based on taking on too much energy from too many other people around me, especially family. I'm sure there's plenty of us who can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, there is a very great but beautiful challenge in terms of letting go, right? Because ultimately your buoyancy is there, but if you're holding on to a bag of bricks, it happens to be your family member's refusal to reevaluate a perspective. Uh, so you're going to, you're going to feel depressed. Like you're in that, yeah. you're in that energy. And so once I finally accepted that the majestic essence of letting go, mm-hmm. the patterns of sadness have softened a lot. There's moments where I think about those who I really care about and I want to help them and I'm unable to, because obviously there's limitations. So we can do for anybody, people have to help themselves. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, uh, a lot of the people, at least that I work with are a lot more are well, a lot more warriors like almost all my clients are warrior warrior type energy and i got a lot of badasses actually forgive my language but each is a healer of some kind you know it cares about people compassionate nice um yeah it's interesting um i'm just gonna clarify that you said a, a warrior as in like a um fighter not a warrior because that's something yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. I'm a warrior, but I'm in the <laughs> other country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we do worry too, though. Don't we? It's easy to find things to worry about. It's one of my, yeah. one of my uh, core mentors is of an archangelic nature. Mm-hmm. And there's a lesson we were talking about the other day, how there's this sort of falseness that's here with us, right? This delusional insanity that in all of our cultures and all of our, I mean, we all, I mean, yeah. at this point, it's not, I think what's interesting too, a lot of people feel sad and depressed because it looks like evil is winning. It isn't. Evil is 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 running out of time. And so what you're seeing is it's scramble. This darker force is is scrambling. Yeah. Um, but it all it has is the lie. That's all it's got. All it has is doubt. And doubt has all these tendrils of worry. Reasons why you should not be connected to your inner self, reasons why you should micromanage, reasons why you should be angry at yourself for being sad or be sad about your anger. I mean, all these different complexities. And it's just fascinating to me how easy it can be to forget how supported we are, right? Because worries are the best, worries make sense. They're like, oh, I should be concerned about this. It's reasoning. It uses our oh, own okay. reasoning against it us. It feels yeah. like logic, right? Or it, it feels it like feel, it's exa- that's a key piece, right? That's the key essence of it. It feels like logic, mm. right? And then it catches us with a sharp should or shouldn't, right? And then it pulls us into this pattern of having a conversation with somebody we've not seen for 10 years in our mind. And then psychic conflict or a person we got angry at at the grocery store, they got angry at us. I mean, it's and it keeps us entangled in this ball of yarn and it's heavy and it's asphyxiating and it it's it's grief. It's a it's hopeless, a frequency of hopelessness and despair. Mm. It's obnoxious. Um, I don't like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> Not a huge fan, huge fan of it myself either. Um mentioned, <laughs> and I and I do always want to try and offer some constructive help to people who are listening as well, or some, you yes. know, tools or little tokens to put in their back pocket. And something I've actually realized that I don't think I've actually touched on, and you've touched on it twice now, and so I've written it down, this idea of letting go. Um, Mm. Do you have any specifics of perhaps a tangible way of how you can do that? Because uh, 
I, I know it's a very complex thing and it's not, I don't want to belittle it as if it's but think like, about that. I don't care, but yeah. Oh, you just nailed it. It's a complex thing that's incredibly simple, right? How hard is it to drop a rock? But if we think we need the rock, or the rock's our job. But it depends if I'm also holding my phone, because if I was holding a rock and a phone, my twisted brain always holds onto the rock and drops the phone for some weird psychotic reason. But yes, but, in but technicality, is, yes, dropping the rock is, is easy. But this is also a perfect metaphor too. Right. So you yeah. have a person you care about who's got someone in their life who's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's their job to affect, you know, deal with that. But if you're holding on to someone so that you really care about who is in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. through these lines of connection, you got the rock and the phone in your hand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this is where this is where worry is so effective. Maybe I should hold the rock for 10 more minutes. 10 minutes turns into 10 days. 10 days turns into 10 years. And then by then you're just tired and exhausted and you've accepted the rock as part of your reality. There's a, there's a, a entire curriculum I built around letting go. And one of the pre the, one of the core essences in it is the acceptance of one axiom. I'm okay. And everything's okay. Now, depending on the mind that you listen to or talk to, there's lots of ways to fight that statement, right? No, look at this, look at this, all the reasons. But what it does is it acknowledges there's a greater force. There's a greater force within you. There's a greater force working on your behalf. And I, don't, I can't help anybody who, who wants to be cut off. Like there are those who have sort of an atheistic vantage point, but I've never met one that's actually truly atheist. I think a lot of people just are annoyed with religion and religios and all this different. But when you remember that there is this connection, you remember there is this unseen component that is truly benevolent. It is loving. It is actually loving. Not human love, which is crazy and responsible for a lot of our sadness, but actual love, like this unconditional frequency of love, because that love actually lets you go. And that's the biggest thing I've seen with all of the clients, because I've worked with a lot of souls who have trauma from their parents. You know, the devouring mother archetype, the tyrannical father archetype, the weakling prince, the victim, all these different components. And here we are trying to neutralize this ancestral thing. And it is challenging those days were like why do we sign up for this right it's like what the heck was i thinking well what you were thinking at this higher level is you knew your internal compass was capable enough to navigate this this madness you could you could expel the stuff from your metaphorical sponge or purify that energy the trick is we live in a world designed to get you to forget you it gets you to forget the rock is in your hand just focus on your phone. Don't don't think about the rock, right? Just do I it also tomorrow. am like feeling a little bit self-conscious that I didn't choose an item that was less materialistic, but that's my own internal dialogue. I'm like, why didn't you why? put a flower? <laughs> why? I mean, but realistically, how many people are holding a flower and how many people are holding a phone? You pick something that's realistic. It's it's the part of our world. Yeah. And it's a <laughs> maybe I'm gonna tease you just as a ground support, bro. Maybe you're just being too hard on yourself. You know, it's like we oh, all I know. Do that's my <laughs> drug of choice. Don't you worry. Um, I like this idea of purifying energy. Um, sorry, I am stopping and starting your trains of thoughts just because I'm like, I don't want to miss this moment. Um, what do you mean when you say purifying energy? And and is it possible? I'm doing a lot of inner child work and actually just recently got hypnotized. I have some um, core beliefs that it won't happen. Like I'm chasing these lofty goals. And whilst I believe in myself, and I'm it's confident. a lack of hope. But, yes, I understand. So, yeah, so. so with that, 
See, the idea of forgiveness and compassion is you have to honor these feelings, but you also have to let them go. The aspect of honoring is respecting there's a reason why you think that. That part of you thinks it can't happen as your defender. It's your protector, right? It's it's based yeah. on the mother or, or there's, it's based, well, I'm not going to go into your private story, but. Oh, you it's can. It's on, very well recorded. So it's fine. Oh, okay. Fantastic. <laughs> So consider your, consider the path you're walking, right? You're walking the path of the wounded healer, mm-hmm. right? And the wounded healer is actually healing. You're not wounded necessarily as part, maybe, maybe much less than you give yourself credit for at times. Cause part of the acceptance of actual healing is you get to be free. Like, holy crap, it actually gets to happen. It gets to work out. That, that of itself is the most ultimate curriculum possible because it defies all semblance of reality and reasoning that you've been, you've been living in. Right. I had yeah. a, a I do a lot of, like I said, spirit work, but Archangel Michael's one of the core. He's essentially the core teacher that I work with. I'm one of his, his, his operators on the ground. And he explains to me the other day, because I've recently come to a place where things are actually working out and I am struggling with the acceptance of it because of exactly what you said. The critic is like, well, about this, what about this? What about this? And then if I get around that, then it's like the stories of maybe you don't deserve it. Maybe you do. Maybe and it's all that, you know, it's the, it's the monkey mind. It's like the legion of monkey mind. Yeah. And he said something that was really intriguing to me. He said that one of the great challenges among our kin, our tribe, like the incarnated angels, those of us who are here to help and who have decided to be here to hold space. And we're always drawn to each other too, right? Because there's a compassion. There's like a, I see you, right? Right. But the tricky thing is you got the creepy ones who want to kind of pull us in different directions. So a lot of us are letting go of that, right? And then as soon as we do, Instantly, you're not bleeding out life force. That means the life force is yours. If something's not feeding on you, that means you have now only not a loss of life, not life force. Since you have a connection, you have more life force coming in. Then your challenge is accepting, oh my God, I get to have a full cup. It's like, wait a second. What, there's a droplet of energy in my cup. Should I give this away? But if you've been practicing the relinquishing of toxic energy, it's like, nope. So purifying a lot of it is whom gets your time and your energy. And there are those who will, almost from a point of being a predator, narcissism with ego consciousness, we call it the devil, some call it Satan. There's so many words that describe the same thing. It needs to feed on something else. It's a parasite, serves zero purpose. And so purification is a return to what I call Christ consciousness or anointed consciousness, no religion. I don't, all religions are wonderful in different ways, but human beings have touched them. And so there's, religion could be purified on all fronts. But Christ consciousness is actually this purified energy as the redeemer archetype. It's the idea of I can let this rock go. I can forgive myself for giving myself a hard time for teasing myself for holding a phone. You know, it's I can I can let it all play out and I can allow the fact that I do deserve true joy and happiness. You know, I deserve romance, I deserve freedom, I deserve to except I actually get to be at peace. I'm allowed to sit down and read a book of my choosing, put my feet up and not feel guilty for it. I'm, I'm exhaling because I'm like, that's just my big, I just carry a lot of guilt around self-care, which is so stupid, but... It's not stupid. No, no. That's, not see, I'm going to tease you. I'm going yeah. to call you yeah. out as a ground okay. support, bro, and tease you. For it. Calling, calling is stupid. So I, everyone I work with, well, this, is some, this is something I find everybody actually, it doesn't matter whether it's male or female or, or masculine or feminine. It's the critic criticizing itself. It's such an intriguing backwards thing because what happens is it's like 
the very thing that's telling you that you're not allowed to be at peace and relax because you have to take care of everybody else and put your needs second so that you can take care of everybody else's needs because their needs are more important and it's all from a survival. I mean, it's like, oh, I mean, geez, it's hard to breathe even thinking about it. Then if we notice it, it turns back around, it's like, why'd you listen to that? Why'd you, it's your fault for listening. Shame on you, right? It's, this is, this is what I call the lower ego, right? I break the ego up into two components. There's yeah. more, but simplicity's sake, just two. There's a lower ego, which is all the nonsense. It's like the boggy, gooey, mortal coil crap that you've been carrying, that I've been carrying, that uh, the beautiful soul who's hanging out with us has been carrying. Your higher ego is more akin to your true self. It's in alignment with your soul. Because you are a soul. Like, and the idea is your soul is, is, is the purpose that you are. One of the biggest things I help my clients do is embrace purpose. And the idea of embracing purpose is and isn't something outside of you that you have to go off and do. Purpose is who you are. You are purpose. When you embody that, instantly you start doing stuff. Like, for instance, look at your journey. Who knows how many souls you've aided in the process of not just freeing themselves from labyrinths of, of guilt, but by being open. It's like, it takes divine feminine to restore feminine, if that makes sense. Right. Best way I know how to describe it is I work a lot of women who've had a lot of corrupted feminine. Right. You know, as well as I, and among female energy, there is vicious warfare on levels that, that is mind blowing. And it's, it's brutal to a level that I would just call evil and demonic. But then there are those who are these holy majestic beings of God's grace on this planet who are like these white lotus flowers that cannot be killed off by these hate-filled weeds who in their true selves are white lotus flowers. And their envy and their jealousy and their viciousness and their shoulds and their criticalness try to assault and dirty these beautiful flowing flowers out of extreme jealousy. And the sad irony is if they would just simply relinquish the thing that's torturing them and then moving through them to, to attack somebody else, boom, they've released it and they find themselves beginning to bloom and feel free. Wow. It's just, it's the sadness I see is there's certain personalities who want to control other people. And I've always found it to be just despair. I have a lot of judgment around that. I do not like it. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who's a beat up bullies, but didn't do it too often, but it did happen. And the idea of it was, I just didn't like that. It doesn't feel, yeah. it's not right. It's not truth. It's not pure. There's no use to it. It has no value, whether it's dark, feminine, undermining, or shadow, masculine, imposing. Mm -hmm. It's poison. And that's where a lot of our sadness and our frustration comes from, right? Because if you look at, I've spoken a lot. You may let you say something. God, no, I'm so okay. I've written so many notes. Uh, okay, so so <laughs> I'm at taking it all in. Let me receive. I'm receiving. I'm very happy. So <laughs> at the frequency of lower ego, you have the pride consciousness, right? It's got to, it's got to be right. It's got to be righter than you. Us being on this call, you, you we are not trying to one up each other. We're just hanging out and laughing, right? It's been and you're keeping it playful and simple. And me too, like oh. He complimented the backdrop. I'm like, oh, I forgot that was even there because that's just, just the room I meditate in. This is for me to like be chill, um, keeping it simple. And so we're immediately above the pride line. But what happens is when you don't have a conversation with someone who's on this particular level or above, because there's so many levels above it going all the way up into peace, which is just like everything in synchronicity. You're just good. When we have personalities who are in the lower level, they want to beat you. If they can't make you feel bad, 
they go to anger, right? And then they throw anger at you. And then they get, try and get you angry at them because if you're angry at them, then they got you engaged. And a lot of that is because of deep desires within them based on a lot of fear. And all that comes down to a sense of hopelessness and despair, right? They're, these are people who, from a shamanic point of view, have entities or darkness attached to them or whatever. It's like almost like a tendril from a hungry thing latched around the wounds of somebody else, right? From a spiritual vantage point. It's kind of trippy and sometimes it gets, you know, it's a little bit much. But another way of looking at it, these people have stories that they've lived. They've been part of their family for a long time. It's in their DNA, it's in their ancestry, it's in their it's in their minds, in their patterning. And if you have something they don't have, instead of accepting that they can find out within themselves, they want to attack it with a new or mock it. Usually mock, then attack. And then if you remain resilient to their efforts. It depends on where they are, whether they're, whether it depends on where they are on their own journey. That's at that point, it's not your job because it's the idea of consistently letting them go because if they can't feed on you, they got to find energy elsewhere. And if, if we, all of us decide like our tribe, we decide we're not being in food anymore. Like we're done with that BS. They still need energy. And if we stop bleeding out energy as we have and start maintaining it, that's a lot of light, which means not only are they starving, they can't hide anywhere, which is what's going on on the planet. There's too many of us here. That's why I call it the unseen alliance. There's a, the unseen component is a tapestry of the plan that's beyond our comprehension. Divine timing, like today's talk, right? And your energy was positive and wonderful and helped me shift my mind. It's like five minutes ago, like about two hours ago, I was weeping and sad and went for a bike ride and stopped and cried and had emotions and I'm like all that. And then I, you know, of course, the critic in me is like, you shouldn't cry. And then the wiseness, wisdom with him, he's like, oh, it's okay to let that go. And it's like all these things we have happening all the time. I know. And it's remembering, I think the key piece is if we pause and take a breath, remember that actually I'm, I'm okay and everything is okay. And I release everything. I'm going to write else. that down. I'm going to write that down. I'm okay and everything is. Because divine timing can't be stopped. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful piece of, of this whole concept of letting go. If we cling to something, then we think we're more right than a bigger plan. It's not to say you shouldn't stand to the ground. You should, but there's also places where it's irrelevant. Like some idiot cutting off in traffic is not worth standing here. I mean, you can. I have. We all have. We've all been that. You know, we've all been the person who cut off. We've all been the person who got even with the one who cut us off. We've all said something we wish we hadn't said. We've all had something said to us that upset us. And the person who said it may have wished they hadn't, you know, who knows? Mm. But there's a lot of things that have been said in this. So I want to try and sew it all together. Ultimately, if you look at the concept of letting go, it's the appreciation. You're not sacrificing anything that you are. You're finally releasing that which you're not. And a lot of that's tricky because when you have a belief caught within you, deep, like you said, you've gone to hypnosis. Hip, hip, I, I've used hypnosis past and I enjoy it and it'll be in a different methods, but your soul is so much deeper and the soul is you, right? But that soul came here, naive and innocent, had the innocence assaulted because there's other factors that don't like that and want to take energy from it. 
then felt guilty for being naive. And what's interesting is we all of us are claiming our innocence, but not our naivety. Like you can be innocent without naive, but naiveness is always innocent. And so a lot of us who have guilt and how did I let that happen? Why didn't I this? I shouldn't have said that. I should have thought about that. Why can't I relax? Why am I upset that I can't relax? Why am I sad that I'm upset that I can't relax? It's like, oh, dear goodness, take a breath. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Do you um use it? Because it does say in your bio that you've got great uh, reducing stress techniques, which I wrote down because I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Would you share one of those techniques? Is there something tangible that everyone like? Uh, and if you are listening to this when you're driving, hit pause and maybe don't in case it's uh, something that's yeah, you just but, That was perfect. So yeah, yeah I was immediately going to say, um, I think it was so many, the wheel? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, here's, I'm going to give a counterintuitive one. Okay, great. We're going we're to laugh together. Now, if you're listening to this and you're having a really terrible day and you think laughter is stupid, I feel you. I, I feel I felt that way a few hours ago and then I made myself do and I felt 2,000 pounds lighter. So if you can just tolerate how stupid it is for a few seconds, right? Because I'm using the word use a second ago, just be playful because sometimes that's where we are for temporary moments. Um, what you do is you can cut that cord of, because think about it. Do you actually not want to laugh? Like we always, we, we, we forget the children laugh so effortlessly until the bogging happens, right? And so the practice, the physiological practice of laughter actually helps break up energy. It just pisses off the lower ego to no end. And also, if you've ever been in a room with a narcissist personality, I'm sure you notice they suck joy out of the room. Yes. They hate laughter because they're at a frequency. Joy, joy is like white hot fire of purification. And so if you can at least get your body back to the the sensation of it, it helps fill up your uh, fill up your tank. So let's just laugh together and, and tap okay. your upper chest. Just like <laughs> 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 I mean, it's so easy to laugh. We, <laughs> our brains are thinking like, oh, why are you doing this laugh and stuff? <laughs> Tapping there. <laughs> <laughs> Asking a question during the well, I like, well, I'm like, I'm so. What's the strategic purpose of said while we laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we? Ta- I'm like, I can't stop I'm thinking about like, uh, uh, like Matthew McConaughey stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is so. This is the sacred heart, right? There's a lot of words for it. It's between it, uh, this particular part of the body is really powerful. I call it the second brain, call it a lot of things. Yogis use it. There's lots of things about tapping, all this different stuff. But what I found is this technique and laughing and tapping the upper sternum helps break up energy really, really fast. And I've worked with individuals who are actually under a spiritual attack because sometimes that's also what's going on. Sometimes the reason why you can't get free from something is it's not yours. You got a hitchhiker. And that's hard to kind of quantify. Yeah, um, and you that, mean like maybe you're living with someone or in a relationship with someone. Is that I'm, kind of that too? That's more in the matter plane. I'm talking about actual entities, like these clouds of. Uh, so I've worked with a lot of different individuals, some who've been extremely skeptical, including accountants and very clever minded people. And we have literally sent entities and sometimes even demons back to to light. And these 
things are caught. They're sort of trapped, right? And they're very dense. They're very calcified. And if you're very empathic and you go someplace and you leave and you feel very exhausted and bogged down, a bright light attracts bugs, right? And this is why the joy technique is so helpful. It breaks up energy. I have to write that down. That's so good. A bright (laughs) light attracts bugs. I love it. I need like a whole quote book just from things that you've said today. Mm. And, and I do want to point, I don't lose your train of thought, cross your fingers. So you get it. The reason why I'm having so many aha moments with you is like, I just think, especially in New Zealanders, and I don't know if you've worked with them a lot, but we have something called Paul Poppy syndrome where like, we're so identify as a humble culture that we're all. Yeah. You're not allowed to grow too high. Yeah. And it's, I love our culture and our people, but it is one of those things that like is just, it doesn't fit with our tapestry. Like it's such a weird thing that's intertwined in us. We don't like it when people shine brightly. It really offends us. And I like to think I'm not like that and (laughs) trying not to be, and especially want to be an encourager and a chiller because it's really unhealthy for people. It's not good. And so when you're saying that, I'm like, I want to empower people to like, be confident. I love Americans. Like they don't, again, generalizing here, they don't have so much scarcity mindset. Like if I'm like, oh, I met Ryan today. Oh my gosh. Ryan has to meet my friend Shannon. Like I would have no trouble connecting you, but I think Kiwis and again, stereotyping don't feel like there's a scarcity that, that you guys might, something might happen that I'm not included in or yeah, it's just, we're not. That, good. So that's not, that's all over the place. I know. I'm just, my audience is predominantly Kiwis and tall poppy no. syndrome, something that we like, we oh, hate I understand. To do it, but we don't solve it. <laughs> so I, I have I have several new New Zealanders who I get to work with, okay. and we, we we have oh they're amazing, they're mm-hmm. amazing. And we do we have talked about that how they feel like they're these blips of light in this uh, landscape, right? And they, they even as they, they their mastery has grown to the point where they have the ability to draw truthful messages from. The unseen, not, not psychic. I don't do that, but truth is truth. There's always a, there's always a deeper you, a deeper true yourself. And the interesting thing, I had a conversation with my clients in the UK and uh, one of my Aussie clients. Same topic, same thing. I even had to talk about this with somebody in the states who was having the same issue in their their company, mm-hmm. and so. What this is, well, one, this is actually a very, there's lots of ways I can answer this. I'm trying to think which way I want to answer it. For me, from a spiritual point of view, this is a very demonic manipulation. When I say demonic sounds intense, but I mean like a malicious manipulation so that you don't embrace your true self under the fallacy of, of, of humbleness. Humbleness is not about making yourself small. Humbleness is about embracing your kinship with the infinite, with the creator, Mm. right? That's a big difference. And so when you find yourself in these situations where you want to be more, but you can't be more because jealousy will attack, right? Viciously, because it's just, it's a a virus and a disease and it's sad. It's it's literally antichrist consciousness. It's the vampire archetype. When you have that in your proxy, there's two things you got to do. Number one, you have to reconcile with it. It's there. Right, it's not going to mystically go away. Sometimes you are, in point of fact, the immune system responds to this poison. Number two, you don't go out and necessarily 
you don't want to climb on top of a, of a building with your megaphone and say, I am taller than you, right? That's not, not that's, you want to find the middle road. Yeah. And it's the appreciation that people are caught in a certain level of consciousness that has been instilled for a variety of reasons, but they don't rule you and your internal landscape is entirely your own. And what happens is like does attract like, right? That's the thing. We forget this. It's actually real. And those of us who do have a scarcity mindset, which I think is almost everyone, that's fear. So fear actually resides above sadness, which is concerning even to think about. So if you go into hopelessness, you've succumbed to fear, basically. Yeah. My way of looking at fear is it's just separation from the source. That's all. Fear, fear isn't being afraid. Fear is a momentary lack of love a lack of self-love, a lack of self-acceptance. When you go there, your buoyancy's back, boom, you bounce right back up. Mm. And it's interesting. There was one, I don't remember if she was from New Zealand or whether she was, I forget which country she was from, but she's she was doing a lot of uh, networking and her friends were kind of turning on her because she was starting to prosper. And then she got invited on stage and we have this call and she was very embarrassed and, and my whole talk, I'm like, what are you embarrassed about? I'm like, mm-hmm. but, but this, but this. I'm like, I mean, that's the purpose of transcending this. You're inviting these people who are fighting with you to transcend it too, but they're fighting with themselves and they're taking it out on you. That's what happens temporarily speaking. And she's like, but I feel so exhausted. I'm like, because you're giving them your focus, your life force, your energy. You got to bring it back to you. You've got to be higher selfish, right? That's one of the things I tell my clients. There's selfishness and there's higher selfishness. Higher selfishness is where you're actually true to yourself. And that means saying no when it's hard to say no. It means hanging up the phone when someone's wisp, you know, trying to steal energy. It means offending somebody, not in a mean way. We don't have to be mean. But you know how people will try to use guilt jobs like, I'm gonna be very offended if you don't X, Y, and Z. That's called manipulative insidious control. That's that's not healthy. But a lot of us are loving and kind and we're empathic and we don't want to upset anybody. So sometimes we let ourselves be lured into these mm-hmm. vile traps. And my feeling and thought around that is you don't have to go. That's the idea of letting go. Like real letting go is accepting that you don't actually owe people your life force. That's the biggest shift that I think you're looking to help people remember. Mm. do not owe people your life force when i work with people when i work with the souls and i do more advanced training i have a year-long curriculum and i train them to do what i do in the first year is uh the pink deck what i do is i create custom soul decks like unique lessons for each individual and it's based on what someone's going through so the first year we always use pink which is connected to the unifier path referencing the seven soul paths Unifier path has to do with acceptance of self-love and that you're worthy of love. But it really is about accepting your cup gets to be full. Mm-hmm. And within that is the challenge of exactly what you're saying is if everybody has been conditioned to have only one millimeter of elixir in their cup and you want to get to two millimeters of elixir, that's going to bring up everything, everything possible because every guilt, every shameful thing ever said, every time you've been judged for being excited about something you accomplished, all of this poison is being flushed up to be flushed out. 
it's not there to win or to, to take you over. It's about it being flushed up out of your cup because that crap doesn't belong. Like you're a child of eternity. I mean, that's just the truth. But you have some creepy overlords, we all do, on this planet with us who are very stubborn, some of them, and some are very, very deluded. But we can't necessarily change their perspectives because it's too ingrained at this point. <laughs> I mean, they have bigger, they have problems that they got to, whatever, that's not our concern. We have to accept it's not our concern, right? We have to let it go, release them, you know, let people have their own timelines, let people have their own experiences. I'm not saying you abandon somebody who's truly in a place of need. And that's different. Somebody who's needy and someone who's in need are entirely different realities. Someone who's a victim and somebody who's been hurt are very different realities. And so putting your light and your focus where it belongs is okay. But being in the situation where like, oh, I should this, oh, I should that, that's what has to be transcended. Mm. And and the the thing about the the thing about the, the the Pompey metaphor, because I've heard it in different ways. There's actually a book, uh, Screw Tape Letters. Have you heard of that book? No. Screw Tape Letters is written by C.S. Lewis. He's a Christian author, and he talks. And basically, what is a screw tape is a demon teaching a younger demon how to manipulate, and he's he's being defeated at every turn because he's up against truth. He's up against the eternal. He's up against the alliance, and. In the final statement, his screw tapes address, like the final book, he said the exact same thing that the demon's intent was to stop people from growing by exactly what you just said is that the poppy syndrome to, to create a situation where people can't rise up without being attacked, but also give meaningless trophies to everybody for nothing. So nobody actually values legitimate mastery. Wow. And what, and what I've seen with a lot of uh, the souls who I work with who, innately recognize this right that because those who are drawn to your show are drawn to it for a variety of reasons initially it's because you're helping them get free of the, the, the agony of grief right because it's yeah but at a certain point there's a shift that happens right there's some somehow they recognize they feel a little bit better once you recognize you feel a better you have two choices you can be like okay that's good enough or you can become curious about why do i feel better and is there more to explore here now what happens there is the the energy self, the lower ego, the all the words you use for it shows up and tries to criticize you. Why are you being so selfish? And if you let that question hang out with you like it's yours, because you may not be asking it. Now you're the awareness. Sometimes the thoughts aren't even yours. Sometimes you're just hanging out. You're the you're the one who chooses which thought you want to hang out with. And it takes a little bit of practice, but actually not even that much. It's like a little bit of practice. When you recognize not all the thoughts are the ones you want to follow, then you start picking better thoughts. And these thoughts lead to different perspectives, different actions. And they also give you resilience because sometimes you choose a better thought with someone who's hanging on to a really poisonous thought and your action is different than theirs. They attack your action because if you do something, you're going to get free from their toxicity or they're going to have to change and stop being toxic, which is a double evolution. That's like amazing when that happens. Mm -hmm. It's the remembrance that you you don't owe anything your energy, right? This includes your own mind, your own thinking, your, 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 your thoughts, your consciousness, all of this is your life force. If you give yourself into it, so I'll use this example and I'll come back. As I was riding my bike, I saw a trickster playing a game that deep in the background of my mind, trying to get me upset with somebody else who had betrayed me in the past. And I thought to myself, why am I thinking this? So I checked in. Higher guidance is always available if we've learned how to really 
really attuned to it. And higher guidance is simply, this is just a trap. Don't follow it. But the pole is substantial. The train is substantial. Like once the train leaves the station, the thought train with lots of monkeys, is, I mean, it really wants your attention. Like, this is why you're terrible. This is why this person is terrible. Because something's pulling energy from you. Whether you think it's an entity, whether you think it's your shadow, whether you think it's, it's negative energy, it doesn't really matter. It's something trying to take your energy. It doesn't. Why would it do that, though? Because vampiric qualities of any form are technically in a, f- a frequency of hunger. They're technically in a frequency of, of, of need. When you've been fed on a lot, or if you've had someone suck positive energy from you, then you can feel that. But I don't... If someone's taking the time to listen to something like this, there's an exceedingly high probability they would not fall into that category, even if they think they may. And the reason I know. Why I say- I've wondered that before. I've like done things and I was like, oh... You know, oh, I wonder if they, if only they would listen to this. I'm like, they wouldn't listen to this because they don't think there's anything wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's a beautiful form of, uh, of, yeah. of protection, right? That's why joy is so powerful. Yeah. A lot, a lot of what I do with the clients where I sit with is we just dial up the energy. We dial it up and keep it up. And I teach them how to acclimate to higher levels of frequency. Beautiful. Yeah. That's it's interesting. Um. I have taken up so much of your time. I just looked at I'm so sorry. I've just been sitting here like a sponge. I've written so many notes. Some of my <laughs> things were um, a bright light attracts bugs. I like that. I think that's a really cool. And I I think it's a positive thing. It's a reminder of like, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll come around and swat them away. Uh, yeah. Choose the thoughts you want to hang out with. That was really impactful to me because I think I've spent, I'm trying I just didn't know for the longest time my brain even could lie to me. I just assumed everything was like evidence. So it's been a really cool adjustment in the last couple of years of doing the show and learning more. Um, But yet I do find myself, especially when I'm fatigued, latching to the thoughts that don't serve me in some weird sadistic way and just being like, but I have to remember I'm choosing to hang out with those thoughts. So that's a really good way to put myself back in the driver's seat. Um, Something I know people will want to follow you and find more delicious things that you're talking about. I wish I could continue talking to you forever. But one thing I do want to ask, I ask all of my guests is um, what their brain looks like. Now, you can take this question however you want to run with it. It could be a scene in a movie. It could be a beach. It Mm -hmm. could be lights. But yeah, I'm just curious. uh, And our listeners will be curious. So what does it look like up there to you? That's too hard for me to explain. It's pretty complex. I tried mapping it out once before. But if you think about, because obviously your question isn't really what what does your brain look like? It's what your mind look like, what your infrastructure look like, what your your perspective or your personality look like. Mm -hmm. And the, the internal landscape, what's interesting about it is we have multiple simultaneously overlapping, right? It's like dimensions, like, you can have the same time and space, but there can be different dimensions, right? Fifth dimensional self and third dimensional self are very, very different. And so when I'm in the lower ego, it's the the base of drives, the warrior. I need to work out. I've got to kick the crap out of my punching bag. You know, not that I'm a mean person, but I'm like a fighter. It's in my my blood. When I'm in the 5D self, there's a flow state where I can do all these things and I enjoy them, but I don't need to do them. There's a difference. There's a natural sort of current. So it's almost like 
on one level, it's a, a, a bunker that's surviving, right? On the other oh. level, it's a command center that's navigating the infinite. Yes. And so it depends on where, which state we're in, right? Because it, we, both, we, all of us have access to hugely different realities every breath we breathe. Lower ego reality is agony. Higher, higher ego reality is a choice, but it's always better. Always better. Even if crap is hitting the fan, you're the, <laughs> the crap was missing you because you're in your higher ego. You're aware you dodged it. I am okay and everything is okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for this chat today. I've written more notes since you've been talking than any other time that I've spoken to someone, which means that I just wanted to like grab these little bite-sized things. And I'm sure everyone who's listening will feel the same. Um, if people want to find you, is it just going to your Instagram the best place would- to connect? Go, go to uh, unseenalliance.com. There's two meditations I give. The first meditation is the higher self reconnection. I've okay. had, I actually had somebody contact me the other day. He listened to the meditation 10 years ago. And he's been trying to find me ever since because I did it under a different name at the time or a different company. And he says, because he's meditated and done lots of meditations. This is a guy who's gone over the country and whatnot. And he's actually trying to hire me to work with them more. And he said that of all the meditations he's ever done, this is the most profound. I've had that said many times because it's a different, a different, it's a different take on it. Because meditation, it's it's unique. And then the other meditation, the ally activation process, um, <laughs> is extremely empowering. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give one that was entirely nurturing and one that was extremely empowering. Right. And so when used in tandem, they're formidable and they're free of charge. It's my my so gift exciting. to any anyone in our tribe. I love that. That's beautiful. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending so much more time than the 30 minutes allocated. Oh, um, I did. I thought we were out of here an hour. That was, that was, that was good no, time. I'm so, well, yeah. that, thank you. Um, so thank you yeah. very much. Um, I hope that your cup feels full today. I'm I'm sorry that you're having other feelings and no, things. No, I feel on, fantastic. But... Speaking with you is very rewarding. You're very positive and very inspirational presence. 